I'm going to be teaching this morning, I want to use one scripture. It's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. And it reads, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. That scripture is talking about you. I believe that that verse has prophetic undertones. For you as a believer, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And I just want to use for a subject, new rooms. And I'm not saying I'm a great man, but I'm telling you this here though, I ain't what I was. You might not think all that much of me, but you would if you knew what I was though. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be nothing. So I want to ask you some questions. I want to ask you, number one, what are you doing to feed your gifts? And when I say feed your gift, what are you doing to hone your craft, your skills, to sharpen it? Or have you a false sense of having arrived to a level in life where you don't think that you need to develop yourselves anymore? Because if you think that you you have shut down doors for yourself and limited the height that God could take you to because you are too easily satisfied, is it possible that you could be better at what you do? How dare you die till you answer that question? And until you can consider the possibility that your critics may be right, you will never grow. I meet with kings and queens. I was in Botswana with the president and the first lady of Botswana. Then I met the crown prince of Abu Dhabi. He came out of his chair at the race to come meet me. You know why he came to meet me? Just simply because of my gift. I make people laugh. It put me in the presence of great men. That's what my gift has done for me. That's what your gift will do for you. Just because you have a degree doesn't mean you're accomplished. Well educated, but still trying to pay a Just because you're accomplished at it or gifted at it doesn't mean you can't take some classes in it. Stop being insulted by the suggestion that you could be better. What are you doing to feed your gift? What do you have that feeds you? You should surround yourself with people that feed you, not feed on you. You ought to have something that you know how to work. If they let you do it, it's over. I am most effective when I am in my element. Do you know what your element is? Are you comfortable in your element? Do you know how to defeat your enemy by knowing who you are and knowing how to work what you got? Because everybody in here, God gave you something and you got to learn how to work it. Maybe you're here because you need to hear this here. Maybe you're here because you need to dust off your dreams. Maybe you need to explore your imagination. Maybe you just need to identify your gift so you can quit tripping in your own life trying to figure out what you can do when God already planted inside you a long time ago. Look back over your own life. Could it be possible that you are shutting doors that God is opening for you? But you shut the door because you're not mature enough to understand the arena to which you have arrived. Ah, God's going to bring you before great men. Good. What are you going to do when you get there? David would have ruined his position in the palace if it weren't for Jonathan. David knew how to kill giants. He knew how to kill lions. He knew how to kill bears. That's how he got to the palace. He didn't know anything about protocol in the palace. He didn't know what to wear. He was dressed like a fool. He was running around looking stupid. If Jonathan hadn't taken him up under his wing and tutored him, David's gift would have taken him to a level that David's maturity wouldn't have enabled him to be able to stay. Your mouth can shut more doors than you have ever seen in your life. Your method 
prison can shut more doors. I don't care if you have more degrees than a thermometer. I've seen people who are educated and just as ignorant as all get out. I mean, could explain calculus upside down and didn't have the sense to wait for somebody to invite you in a room. If when the alarm clock goes off in the morning and you ain't happy about it, you ain't doing what you want to do. See, you're fighting upstream. You're going against what God created you for. The secret to your financial success in every area of your life, the ability for you to understand you and your gift. If you fry chicken better than everybody else, you should be somewhere frying chicken. If babysitting is what you really do, you should be babysitting. Telling jokes was a gift. If you paint, you should be painting. If you do hair better than everybody else, you should be somewhere doing somebody's hair. Those are gifts. If you fix cars, you work with your hands, you're supposed to be working with your hands. You do anything else, when that alarm clock go off in the morning, you ain't going to like it. Now, if you waking up, you going down there, they ain't paying you what you want, you hate your coworkers, you down there, your boss has no business being your boss. See, that's what messed me up. I never had a, a boss that I thought should have been in charge of me. I just never thought that anybody should be in charge of me. I always saw myself free. I just want to come to work. Just all I want to do. If you're unhappy with waking up to go to where you got to go, if your job makes you sick, it's because you ain't living in your gift. If you're living in your gift, you're cool. It's just if you ain't. I didn't know what I had was a gift when I was growing up. My gift is I could take any piece of information and transpose it into comedy immediately. I don't have to think. It just, it just comes to me. It's a gift. And when I was young, I didn't know how to control it. I just stayed in trouble. I stayed in the principal's office. I stayed in the pastor's office. I said, everybody had an office. I was down there. <laughs> Bishop Jake said this. He said, I would hate to die and never do the thing I was born to do. You should look into that before you mess around and check out of here. People who are gossips and talk all the time, they do it out of frustration because they don't understand them and their gift. People who have identified themselves and their gift, they're not into gossip. They don't care what you do. They're so into their gift. They're having a relationship with their gift. They're honing their skills. They're getting ready. They don't have time because they can't lose their focus. Oh, God. Don't let me start talking about focus. They can't lose their focus. I got to focus to be good at my, I can't let anybody or anything get in between me and what I got to do because my strength is when I understand who I am and I understand what I got and I know how to use it. I can come out of all kind of stuff. A man and his gift. Your gift will make room for you. Now, what is your gift? It's the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. That's your gift. Quit running away from the gift. Your gift will make room for you. Stop trying to be something you ain't gifted at. Excellence creates capacity. Nobody asked you to go down here and study to be a dentist, and you ain't really good at that. Listen to me. All of you have this gift. Identify it. It's the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. That's what you should be doing. You're wasting your time pursuing your passion. The Bible does not mention passion. It mentions your gift. What are you gifted at and do that? Stop tripping. You can do that. If you fry chicken better than everybody you know, you ought to be somewhere frying chicken. People make millions of dollars frying chicken. Popeyes. Kentucky fried chicken. El Pollo Loco. All they doing is making chicken. Somebody just started making chicken. You know the story of Marie Callender's? Do you know what this woman did, man? She worked for a diner, 
a greasy spoon diner that was going out of business. It was her only job. She was a single mother. It was her only job. She needed that job, but the diner was going to close. So she went to the owner of the diner and said, let me bake one of my pies, people like my pies, and see if I can help you make a little money. He said, whatever, bring it in. He, she bought one pie in. They sold every slice. The next day, the people came in and asked for the pie. She had to go home and make another pie. The next day, so many people asked for the pie, she had to make four pies. Then people started saying, can I buy my own pie? She made so many pies at this store that she eventually saved her money and put a commercial oven in her house. She done made so many pies, the dude's shop, he ain't selling hamburgers no more. All he's selling is them pies. That's how Marie Callender got started. Marie Callender now has over 120 restaurants. You can't go to no frozen food section without seeing Marie Callender in there. You know what she started with? A pie. One pie. The Bible said, a man and his gift will create room for him. Nobody gets rid of what they think they got to have. Make yourself indispensable and you automatically have job security. To cut you off should make them cut their nose off to spite their face. A man's gift makes room for him. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a convenient way to get more energy throughout my day. I hop out of bed in the morning, drink my AG1, and I'm absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to get me ready for the day. I'm always on the go and love traveling with my AG1 because I don't have to worry about throwing my nutrition out of balance, no matter where I am. And I don't have to carry a medicine cabinet of pills and supplements in my suitcase to get the same benefits I get from one scoop of AG1 daily. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash buzz. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash buzz to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Before I deal with the room, I want to deal with the bringing you before great men because many times when you are gifted, your gift will bring you into an environment of people for which you have not been groomed. And if you're not careful, even though your gift got you there, your character can't keep you there because you don't know how to act in the environment that you're gifted to be in. You're gifted enough to be in there, but you're not mature enough to be in there. And so your immaturity will often abort what the room that the gift creates for you. Have you ever been gifted enough? God opened up a door, you got yourself in an environment, and then you did something so stupid that you went home and realized, I messed that up. A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. What are you going to do when you get there? Gifted enough to get there, but not mature enough to stay. Gifted enough to get selected to the choir, but can't get along with anybody in the choir. Countless times I've seen gifts take them on a stage and the, the person could sing well enough to be on the stage, but they were so arrogant. They got so arrogant because they weren't mature enough to stand the light of success. Now they're beside themselves. Now they've got to have a white room with white flowers and a white vase and a white this and a white that. Come on, come out of it. Come out of it. Yesterday you were singing over some fried chicken and collard greens. Come to yourself. You've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. Come out of it. 
The dude that cut my hair, I met him in 1986. He cut my hair for $10. I remembered him. When I got on TV, I had hired him. He came out there, he started making $300 a haircut. I paid him 10. He had been with me so many years that he was making $1,500 per haircut. I was getting my haircut four times a week for television and touring. I paid him $1,500 each time. He was making $6,000 a week. You know what he was doing? Cutting hair. That same haircut I paid $10 for in 87. This dude was cutting it now for me for $1,500. I cut my hair off, but then let me tell you what he did. I paid him a chunk of money for being with me all these years. Gave him a severance pay. Told him, good luck. Guess what this dude got now? He got four salons and he owned two barber colleges. You know what this dude make now? 3.6 million a year. You know what he do? He cut hair. He don't do nothing else. That's his gift. Friend of mine we grew up with. All he did was cut grass. He had a single blade lawnmower that he pushed. He was so good at it, he could raise the blades up and lower them. He could cut patterns in your grass. We little, I'm going, hey man, we going swimming. Now I got to cut Miss Jackson grass. He could cut patterns in your yard. He could put your initials in your grass as a little boy. $2 for the front, $2 for the back. $4. We used to laugh at him all the time. Well, let me tell you what we're laughing at now. He got a landscaping company in Cleveland. You know how much this boy making? $4 million a year. You know what he do? He cut grass. He got 38 trucks. He got all the contracts in the city, malls, corporations. And when it's snow outside, he do such a good job cutting the grass, he put plows on the front of his trucks, and he got all the snow removal contracts. This boy making $4 million a year, and you know what he do? He cut grass. You're great in your element, but you have to understand the biography of your element. There's nothing wrong with being quiet. When God introduces you to a new level, don't try to be impressive. Shut up. You just got there. Shut up. You don't know where you are yet. Shut up. See, see, God, what I'm trying to get you ready for is that God is going to beam you up into situations that are going to be so new and so shocking that when you get there, you're going to be there because of your gift, but you are going to be disoriented. Give yourself a moment to understand your environment. Check out where you are. Everything is not what it appears to be. Shut up. Orientate yourself to what God is about to do in your life. God said, I'm getting ready to do a new thing in your life. Don't go into a new door with an old attitude trying to do what you did over in this area. Now that you're in that area, shut up. All truths are not transferable. What worked in this element doesn't always work in that element. You have to study the environment that you're in before you make a mistake. How many people have made a stupid mistake? I didn't kill anybody, I didn't get anybody destroyed because you are narrow-minded. 
you only see things from your perspective and you limit your growth because the only thing you can see is what you were used to and now God is taking you into another dimension and you have to get a global perspective of where you, somebody say global perspective you've got to get a global perspective of where you are now I don't know who I'm talking to this morning but I feel like I gotta coach you because you're getting ready to go into another dimension. You're, you're getting ready to go into another zone. God's gonna orbit you into things so fast. Your gift's gonna take you there, but your mind's not gonna be ready for it. And you're gonna need this tape. You might not need it right now, but you're gonna need this. I was speaking at a school once. I was talking to the students. The principal was mortified with my message because I was telling the truth. I was telling the kids, your education is important, but your education is not the most important thing in your life. I'm sorry, it's not. Your dream is the most important thing in this world. It tops your education. It, your dreams dwarf your education. I said, and, and the principal came up on the stage while I was speaking, don't ever say that to my school again. Well, I'm just telling you, dog. You can save your kids a lot of pain if you ever talk to them about their dreams. You gotta talk to young people about their dreams. See, it's not your education. The Bible don't even mention education. It ain't even in there. The Bible says a man without a dream or vision shall perish. If you talk to kids about their dreams, your dreams can spur you to get the education. But if you never find out what a child is dreaming about, you can't hold their attention. It's the dream, man. If you got a kid that want to be an airplane pilot, you can quit talking to him about education. Talk to him about being a pilot how great it is, where he'll be able to fly. Then he'll do math, he'll do engineering, he'll go to science, cause he wants to be a pilot. It's the dream that's the biggest thing. People killing me, man, with this education. I ain't knocking education, but you can make it without education. I ain't got one. You know how many people got degrees ain't working? Ain't working nowhere. Now if you wanna be a doctor, lawyer, dentist, stuff like that, you gotta go get education. We're not talking about that. But you keep going to get all these pieces of paper hang on your wall. You got one degree, you ain't make it with that. Your life will never be a straight path. I began at Fordham University as a pre-med student. I took a course called the Cardiac Morphogenesis. I couldn't read it, I couldn't say it, I sure couldn't pass it. So then I decided to go into pre-law, then journalism. And with no academic focus, my grades took off in their own direction. I was a 1.8 GPA one semester and the university very politely suggested that it might be better to take some time off. I was 20 years old, I was at my lowest point and then one day March 27, 1975 I was helping my mother in her beauty shop. There was this older woman who was considered one of the elders in the town and I didn't know her personally but I, I was looking in the mirror and every time I looked at the mirror I could see her but she was staring at me. She said something I'll never forget. She said young boy I have a prophecy, a spiritual prophecy. She said, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now mind you, I'm 20 years old, I'm flunked out of school. So when I got back to Fordham that fall, I got in and I changed my major once again for the last time. And in the years that followed, just as that woman prophesied, I have traveled the world and I have spoken to millions of people through my movies. I found that nothing in life it's worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Now, watch this. Let me say it. A man's gift will make room for him. Room is capacity. 
It's going to make capacity. It's going to make capacity. God's going to put you in a large place. See, your gift will put you in a large place. It will create a space for you. It will create, if you're good at your gift, it will create space for you. It will create positions for you. It will create opportunities for you. It will create favor for you. David didn't know anything about palaces. He just got there because he was good with a rag and a rock. But look how far he got with a rag and a rock. I tell people, you'll know you're anointed. Truly anointed people can take lesser equipment and do more with it. You won't have nearly as much as the other person had, but you learn how to work what you have. And if you can work what you have, God will open up doors for you and take you to another level. I heard the Lord say to me, he said, when you get to that congregation, tell my people that I got new rooms for them. Tell them that their eyes have not seen, their ears have not heard, neither have entered into their heart the things that I have prepared for them that love them. I have rooms prepared for you right now. I had them prepared when you were going through your trouble and your trials and your tests and your temptation. I already had a blessing set up for you and I'm waiting for you to grow up enough so that you can stand in the full vesture of what I have for you. Touch somebody and tell them, get ready. New rooms, new thinking, new ideas, new concepts, new philosophy, new challenges, new levels, new dimensions, new devils, new problems, new burdens, new crisis, new rooms. Touch somebody and say, new rooms. Here is frustration. To live and die and the rooms that God has for you, you never grew up enough to be able to handle what God had for you. I would hate not to be able to get what God has for me. That's failure. I was 27 years old, October 8th, 1985, Hilarity's Comedy Club. Walked in the comedy club, first time in my life, one amateur night, $50. Drove 40 minutes home, cried all the way home. This girl I rode with, she said, why are you crying in Amber $50? You don't even understand. I'm born. She said, what you mean you're born? I said, I, I know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. She said, you ain't win but $50. I, no, I've been praying my whole life. God, what is it? My life got to be more than this. I won that comedy competition. I went to work October 9th, the next morning, and quit my job. That decision cost me everything I had. I lost everything. I lost my family. I lost friends. I lost everything. I became homeless. I lived in a car for three years. But I just saw this, I saw this, I saw this vision. I just pursued it. I said, wow, that's it. You have to take chances in life. If you don't take chances in life, you'll never have the life God has for you. Life is about risk. If you play it safe, you won't have much of a life. Remember this. Life is risk. It takes it take courage to pursue your dream. I just did it. It cost me everything. God is very good, man, when he sees you take a leap of faith. He will supply what you need. He supplies you everything you need. Now, it's going to cost you something. But most people are not willing to pay what it costs to go after your dream because you're going to have to hurt a little bit. And most people don't like being uncomfortable. If you don't want to be uncomfortable, please do not pursue success because success is very uncomfortable. I learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. If you can get that in your head, everything you've ever gone through, God got you through it. You didn't even realize it. He just got you through it. 
You can't name one thing he didn't pull you through. Well, I lost my mother. I'm still grieving over that. I lost my mama 21 years ago. I still grieve over it, but I'm here. You know, you, I got through it. You're going to get through it. But you got to take chance in life, man. Can't play it safe, y'all. You got to jump. You got to go for it. You will fail at some point in your life. Accept it. You will lose. You will embarrass yourself. You will suck at something. Embrace it because it's inevitable. And I should know. In the acting business, you fail all the time. Early on in my career, I auditioned for a part in a Broadway musical. Perfect role for me, I thought. Except for the fact that I can't sing. I didn't get the job. But here's the thing. I didn't quit. I didn't fall back. I walked out of there to prepare for the next audition. I prayed. I prayed. And I prayed. But I continued to fail and fail and fail. But it didn't matter because there's an old saying, you hang around the barbershop long enough, sooner or later you're going to get a haircut. So you will catch a break. And I did catch a break. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Imagine you're on your deathbed, and standing around your deathbed are the ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghost of the ideas you never acted on. The ghost of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed, angry, disappointed, and upset. They say, we came to you, you could have brought us to life. And now we have to go to the grave together. So you got to get out there. You got to give it everything you got, whether it's your time, your talent, your prayers, or your treasures. The question is, what are you going to do with what you have? I'm not talking about how much you have. Whatever your gift is, what are you going to do with what you have? God already has some things for you that you have not received. God told Abram, I'll show you this how close. He says, he says, walk thou before me and be thou perfect. Okay. And when the old folks used to teach this, they used to tell us that God had put you out front and God was behind you watching your perfection. And if you were perfect enough, you could get the promises of God. But the old folks understood English. They didn't understand Hebrew. The word perfect in Hebrew doesn't mean holy. It means mature. God said, get in front of me and grow up. And the more you grow up, the more I'm going to unlock promises for you. I've got new levels of glory. And when I see you grow up, I'll give you things that I had for you way back when you were a child. With my baby son, he doesn't even know it. I got a gold watch that I bought when he was born. And it has his name, Thomas Dexter Jakes Jr. And my name, Thomas Dexter Jakes Sr. Engraved on the gold watch. I picked it out before he was born. I cannot give it to him now. If I give it to him now, he'll tear it up. But as soon as he matures enough and stops losing stuff and stops tearing stuff up and finally understands the value of what I had to give him, then I can give him something up here that I had for him way back there. I'm telling you this morning, God 
have already got some stuff for you. And as soon as you get over your childishness, God! You know what? I'm going to show you one more thing about it. He doesn't know it. He's never seen it. But he's around it all the time. I have it put up. It's hidden. The best things in life is on the other side of fear. It's on the other side of fear. But fear freezes people, man. The fear of failure freezes people. Suppose I don't do it. If you don't do it, you might, you might not make it. That's a for sure. So that's just my opinion. That's probably not what most people share. But your dream, man, it's what you dream about. You got to dream about something so big that it dwarfs all your fears. The way you overcome fear is with your dream. You got to make your dream so big that nothing matters except that dream. You're willing to do everything that's necessary. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. Because taking risk is not just about going for a job. It's also about knowing what you know and what you don't know. It's about being open to people and to ideas. To not only take risks, but to be open to life, to accept new views, and to be open to new opinions, even though you're scared stiff. While it may be frightening, it will also be rewarding because the chances you take, the people you meet, the people you love, the faith that you have, that's what's going to define you. You were sent to earth to release your hidden potential. The man and the gift. The man and the gift is what God always uses. The Bible said that the hand of Gideon and the sword of the Lord had gotten him the victory. The better a man is with his gift, the more God can use him. There's a price to be paid for being gifted. The Bible said to him whom much is given, much is required. The better an architect is, the busier he is. The busier he is, the more he's depleted. The more he has to struggle to have time and to find a sense of personhood. The better a dentist is, the busier he is. The more people call on him. The better the physician has a bedside manner, the more comfortable his patients are with them, the more they call him. The more they call him, the less time he has for himself, the more depleted he becomes. He may be effective as a physician, but he may be miserable as a person because he has no life of his own. What do you do to detox? What do you do for stress relief? What do you do to get away from it all? If you can't answer these questions, I know you're drowning. You are drowning. You may be gifted, but you are drowning right now. If you don't have an outlet, if you don't have things that you do that just just allow you to detox and get stress off and renews you. If you don't have a secret place, I guarantee you, you are being overwhelmed by the responsibilities of life. On the side of your hot water tank, there is a valve called a pressure relief valve. It is there so that the pressure that's built up on the inside does not cause the hot water tank to explode. The very nature of what the hot water tank supplies would cause it to be self-destructive if it didn't have a relief valve. Have you identified your relief valves? Are they godly relief valves? Oh, it's going to be rough in here this morning. I don't have time to get into it this morning, but Delilah was Samson's relief valve. The Bible doesn't talk about them having wild torrential sex. It says he needed a place to lay his head. Be careful where you lay your head. But you serve your do great things. Serve your gift to the world. Then you are a great seed. Never be discouraged. Never hold back. Never. 
Give everything you got. You think and when you fall throughout life, remember this. Fall forward. Look, man. Identify that God-given gift and get to pursuing it. You should do what God created you to do. You really should, man.